after my husband died, I mean, of course, I loved my husband. I mean, I still do. But I realize now how unsettled I was. I used to say unhappy, but then I I heard something, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago in the word unsettled, and I was like, that's it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Heavy Pages, a divorce journal. It's not a divorce journal anymore. Now it's a separation journey for those of you who may have listened to a previous episode where I explained the change. I got to remember the change myself because I get myself messed up. But anyway, today we have a special guest. We have a fellow podcaster, uh, Rebecca Johnson from Love's Not Dead, Just My Husband, (laughs) which is... uh, (laughs) a great title and uh, really made me want to check out what this podcast was about. And I'm so excited to have you here today to talk to us. Hello, Rebecca. Hey, Josie. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I am so happy to have you here to chat with me so that we can all listen to your journey, which is a little bit different than what I normally talk about on here. So would you share a little bit about you and what uh, inspired you to start your podcast? Yeah, so I am a widow, obviously. And um, after my husband had died, I basically did not know any other widows. I couldn't think of a single one. And of course, now, years later, I realized there were actually widows that I knew. But most of them were older. And so my take on widows were they were old and they were never going to be remarried. So I felt like I was alone in that journey. And I felt like I just had to figure it out myself and do it my own way and never once thought to Google anything never once thought to look up a Facebook group or read a book or do anything like that. So it was just years of me just trying to figure it out all by myself. Oh, wow. Wow. And so obviously people can't see you on here, but um, you look very young. How old are you? I am 46. I had to do the math there for a second. (laughs) I'm about to be 47. Okay, okay. And so you decided to put you to create a podcast so that other women that might not know what they should do kind of be inspired by your journey? Well, yes, in a way. I did find podcasting and I found books and other widows, but I felt like I was already in a part of my journey where I didn't need those things. They were all for the beginning stages of widowhood, like what happens right after your your partner passes away and what you need to do and what to expect. I feel like I am just a little bit beyond that, and now I'm on the journey of trying to figure out who I am, what I want to do in my life, find my happiness, my purpose, my passion, And that is the part of the widow journey that I want to share 
with other people. The moving okay. forward part. Okay, that makes sense. And how long have you been a widow? Five years in May this year. Wow. So I love the title. I mean, it's funny. It's, it is definitely for the, a woman that's willing to find, I don't want to say comedy, right? But be able to like laugh at yourself and understand, you know, no one's trying to put anybody down or anything like this, but a, a fun spin. They know when they come to you, it's not going to be a downer of a podcast. Right. There, I mean, there are some moments, <laughs> but in general, I, I like to see the light of things and I just like to share that in the podcast. Everything doesn't have to be so doom and gloom. And I do find that is the case. And with a lot of podcasts or um, widow groups and things like that. And for me, I will get stuck in those moments. There'll be triggers. So they'll, I'll regress a little bit and then I'll go back. And I don't want to keep going back to those moments of sadness all the time. I, I want to look for joy and look for happiness and I want to move forward. Well, that makes perfect sense. And I'm sure that you are definitely helping many women out there that they want to, like you say, whittle your way. They want to figure out a way to do it that isn't going to be like cookie cutter. And if I don't do it this way, that I'm doing it wrong. There is no wrong. Right. So that's right. excellent. Well, I really enjoy reading. I mean, listening to your podcast and there are things that obviously anybody can relate to. It's not just for widows. I mean, it is specifically in that term, but you can listen to it even if you're not and get something out of it for sure. Just, yeah. you know, even inspiration, right? Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I can tell you that you that you can because I listened and and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on today was because there was one episode that I um checked out of yours that I I really thought would resonate with my audience and and women that are dealing with um an unwanted separation and they're trying to figure out how to find themselves. You, the episode that you have for January 6th of this year, 2023. Oh, it says season 1 episode 5. And it says, uh, are you a widow or just having an identity crisis? And so yes. in that episode, you talk about realizing that you had always put yourself last or um, deferred a lot to what your husband wanted and so many things. And now that he wasn't there, you kind of had to really figure yourself out, even to the point of colors of things that you would purchase. So can you tell me a little bit more about that time and, and how you realized it and what you thought once you realized it? Yeah. So I feel like I am a recovering people pleaser and that is how I was my entire marriage. Um, whatever Tom wanted, we did. And when we first moved in together, we moved into his place. And obviously his tastes were <laughs> complete opposite of mine. And I had like Martha Stewart dishes and bright colored towels. I had a green bedroom suit. And I remember the day he told me, he said, you're not bringing that bedroom suit. I'm like, what? It's beautiful. <laughs> he said, <laughs> No. And, um, and so 
I stayed in his home and he had all dark colors, all dark furniture. Um, everything was also kind of king sized because he was so large and I just kind of went with it without even realizing, um, anytime I picked out a pillow or a blanket or dishes or paint or a decoration, I always would ask Tom if he liked it. And if he said no, I just put it back and I never got it. Or then my style just kind of developed into his style. And somewhere along there, um, I would just, I would stop thinking for myself almost, right? right? With what I liked or what I wanted. It was just, I was always concerned, would he like it? would he want it? Right. And do you, did that fall into other categories of your life too? Oh yeah. So we did everything he wanted to do. Um, if he wanted to go somewhere, that's where we went. So we didn't travel or go on a lot of vacations. He didn't like the beach. So we didn't go to the beach. He liked the mountains. So that's where we went. His idea of vacation was going home to Kentucky. So when I had vacation, I spend my vacation with him and his family in Kentucky. So yeah, I feel like I lost myself. I lost my voice. I lost, um, you know, everything of what I liked and what I enjoyed. I ate the food that he liked. I cooked the food that he liked. Yeah. So after he died, I I really had an identity crisis. I, I just couldn't make a decision for myself. And even for the first year, I was still making decisions as if he was going to affect it in some way. Right. So while you were doing all these things, while you were married to him, did you feel bad? Did you feel like you were missing out or did you feel content? And it was like, this is how it is. I'm cool with it. Oh, I was completely oblivious. (laughs) I was completely oblivious. And and honestly, I, I will say that I feel like I got that from my mom and not in, in a bad way. Of course, my mom is at, a, is at a certain age and she was raised in a different year and a different time. You, you prepared the meal for your husband. You fixed his plate. You brought it to him. You wait on him. You bring him his coffee. You bring him his drink. You wash his clothes. You clean the house. You take care of your kids. So um, really, at the time, I would say that I was content. I felt like I was doing what was what was I supposed to as a wife? What was I expected to do as a wife? Right. Right. Okay. Right. So then, yes, this is my life. I'm cool. You you weren't fighting against that at that, at during that time. You were just like, okay, I'm rolling with the flow. Yeah. Okay. I went with whatever he wanted. Right. And then when you're now a widow and you have to start making these decisions, how did you realize holy crap, was there a moment when you're like, wow, I, I haven't had to make these decisions or been able to make these decisions in so long that how, how did that 
process? Oh, the breaking moment was over paint colors. I, I like bright, fun, happy colors, but it was, it was over paint colors. I was trying to pick out a paint and, um, I basically had a breakdown. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even pick out a paint color. I called up a friend of mine and I was telling her what was going on and I, I couldn't make a decision. I didn't know what to do. And she said, I am coming to visit you. She goes, we are going to go shopping for your house. We're going to pick out paint colors. We're going to pick out furniture. We're going to do it all. And she goes, and I'm going to help you. And I'm like, thank you. Right. And so what, what color did you pick? <laughs> I still went with a neutral color. I went, I, I don't remember the exact shade, but it's like this really light neutral gray color um, on the walls, but I do have a lot of color in general in my house. Okay. So accents, a lot of accents yes. now. Yes, That's I okay. do. Okay. okay. And uh, well, how do you feel now? Do you feel like you are now able to make decisions for yourself and feel comfortable and feel good and empowered by it? Um, are you still working on that? Do you still kind of have that in the back of your head? Well, you know, when you make decisions on things? Um, not so much anymore. And, and it's taken me five years to get here, but not so much anymore. I can say that there's probably two or three things in my home that are out that belong to Tom or belonged in the same house when me and Tom lived together. But other than that, there's there's not very many signs of Tom in my house, except for okay. a, a picture here and there. But as far as his things, his style, his taste, nothing. And that was decided on because obviously you're not trying to forget about him or anything like that, but is it just trying to help you break that pattern of trying to please? I mean, if it pleases you that that is there, it's there, but it's not because it's supposed to be there or it should be there. Or right, right. Society thinks it should be there. Uh, true. I mean, it was me just trying to figure out who I am and what I like. And if I can look at something and I think, oh, that kind of, brings me just a tad bit of happiness looking at it. So I get it. And it's, you know, it's a relief to not have to consult with someone. Do you like this or is it okay for me to purchase it and right. have it in our home without someone else's consent? And Tom was not, um, he was not an overbearing person. I'm sure if I brought something home and said, I like this, I want this, and this is going to be here, I don't think he would have ever said no, but I didn't ever feel comfortable enough to do that. Right. So. Okay. And how long, I didn't, I, I didn't ask in the beginning, but how long were you guys married, lived together? Well, a total of 18 years, except for there was a three-year, three or four-year period in the middle where we actually divorced, and I remarried, okay. and quickly, 
very quickly divorced immediately after that. And then me and Tom got back together and remarried. Wow. That definitely sounds like a podcast for another day because um, (laughs) there's a lot more there, there. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's a lot there. Wow. Okay. But okay. So what would you suggest to other women that maybe are in that situation Maybe they don't even know that they're not choosing it. And maybe if they don't know, I don't want to, you know, shock somebody into not being happy in their life because if they're content allowing the partner to make all the decisions, then I guess, you know, that's cool, right? I mean, I don't want to say that's a bad thing, but looking back, do you wish you would have been a little bit different? Do you, are you going to plan on being different in the future? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, was it a bad thing? You know, So again, I was raised to treat a man a certain way. So I I don't think I knew any better. And I'm not sure why I was afraid to speak up because Tom was not scary. Well, (laughs) at least not to me. He wasn't (laughs) scary. He wasn't abusive. Um, He honestly, I can only think of probably one time that he actually yelled at me and it was more because he was hurting I don't know why I settled I I do I felt like I settled in so many ways and I didn't have a voice and I I and like you said if you are okay with other people making the decisions for you that's fine but for me it was even simple things Um, he would say, what do you want to eat for dinner? Mexican food. Ah, you know, such and such is having their steak special. We should go there. And he would never say no, but he would always offer an alternative. Yeah. He would always spin something in another direction. He would nudge me to a different type of food or nudge me to a different type of movie. So I would say that if someone asks you what you want and one, you can't think of what you actually want right off the bat, I think you might want to consider the relationship that you're, you're in there. And a lot of these things I didn't notice while I was married. These were things I discovered afterwards, after he died. Right. Right. And I think that for many of us women who deal with the separation and uh, and a divorce, that we recognize, you know, we we feel, for me, I didn't want the separation. He wanted it. I was heartbroken and devastated. And what, but then when I'm away from it, I'm like, but wait a minute, this wasn't all that great. I'm like, I don't want this to happen. But once it happened, it turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me. And obviously I'm not saying that as in comparison to being a widow, but, but it's the fact that you don't really notice when you're in it so much that then when Mm -hmm. you're out of it, you're like, holy crap. Um, wow. Yeah. That, uh, You know, it's okay that, so for me, it's okay that if you want to compare that to being a widow, because 
I, after my husband died, I mean, of course, I loved my husband. I mean, I still do. But I realize now how unsettled I was. I used to say unhappy, but then I I heard something, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago in the word unsettled. And I was like, that's it. I wasn't unhappy with Tom. I was happy with him, but I didn't realize that I could make my own decisions for myself. I didn't realize that I could use my voice and actually get what I wanted. I settled. I was content with it. And when you are forced out of that situation, so whether it's divorce or being a widow, I mean, you're you're forced out of that situation (laughs) and you're, you're forced out of that lifestyle. And in the beginning, I think even, I don't know, you can tell me if this is true with, um, with divorce. Well, I was divorced, so I kind of know that it is true. (laughs) You, you miss all the good things. You miss all the good things. Right. But then there comes a time in your grieving process where you're a little angry. So then you endure it for me during that stage. I thought of all the things that I didn't like about Tom. And it wasn't because I wanted to down him in any way. I was angry with him. So for me in that stage of my grief, I thought of all the things that I didn't like about him. And that clicked a little in my head. It's like, are there more things that I didn't like about Tom than I loved about Tom? And then that's when it really made me start to think about my marriage. And I'll be 100% honest with you. If he was alive today, I don't even know that we would still be married. Would I have eventually found my voice? Would I have eventually started to speak up for myself? And would he have thought that as a challenge? Would he have accepted that? Or would he, he was very strong-minded. Would he have said, no, I'm, I mean, he was stubborn. (laughs) He was very stubborn. So it could have very well worked out where he was like, no, this is what I want. This is what it is. I'm old. I'm set in my ways. And if you're not going to do it, then you can just leave. Right. And that's an interesting way to think about it because the own, the the reason that you know for sure that that got knocked out of you was because he was out of the picture. So would you right. have come to a point where you would have recognized what you were doing? There Obviously, there could have been any sort of thing. Maybe there was something that one day that you really felt strongly about, and maybe that would have been the thing that would have been like, wait a minute, you know, made you think. But it's interesting because so now that you have come and realized all of this now, like you said, would you go back to that relationship and would there would need to be changes? I would assume. How would you, if you had that opportunity to um, go back? Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't like to think about going back. Okay. 
and what I would do different. Um, Because I feel like that is also a part of grief, um, whether it's being divorced or being a widow. I think you always have that, that what if, what if I would have done it differently? What if um, I would have changed how I looked or acted or dressed or cooked or um, how I spoke or anything like, so I don't want to say, I don't want to look back and say, what would I have done different? Or if I could go back, what that situation would be, because that's already happened and we can't change the past, but we can move forward and we can think about future relationships and what I would and would not settle for in a future relationship. So I've learned from past mistakes or past behaviors, and I've learned from the old version of me to who I am now and who I would want to be in a future relationship or what I may do different in a future relationship. But I also have to think my future person is not going to be Tom and he may not be anything like Tom. So now I can say, I may speak up. I may say that this is what I like. This is how I want to decorate it. And this is it. But I might need a man and he comes into my home and says, oh, I love how you've decorated. That's absolutely perfect. We'll go with that. And then then it'll be like completely opposite. Now there's this man that's just going along with whatever I want. So I just, I like to think more about what the future scenarios would be in what I would do in a future situation. Right. And that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. It is definitely probably not the, not healthy to relive what can't be changed. So that, that makes perfect sense. I get you on that. Well, Rebecca, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today and share with me about this. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to share or discuss about this topic that I might not have asked you about? No, I just, I, I love your podcast and I, I just want to say to, you know, all of your listeners and hopefully some of my listeners um, are listening to your podcast as well (laughs) is that there are actually more similarities between a divorcee and a widow. And we are all going through a similar journey. And the only difference is your ex-husband is not dead. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's very true. Yes. And I believe we are going to be expanding on that on an episode that I will be a guest on your podcast. So I'm really excited about that. So hopefully once this one is out, if you're listening to this, it may or may not be. So just make sure to mark it on your calendars because you don't want to miss that. So thank you again, Rebecca. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Josie. (laughs) Bye, everyone. And I will catch you all on the next one. that's going to be it for this episode. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me on Instagram at heavy underscore pages underscore podcast. 
And if you found this episode interesting, please consider clicking on that five-star rating and following so you are notified when the next episode drops. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone.